Is there a desire in you to not just attend revival, but live in revival? Welcome to the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Saldivar. I've been in revival for the last 10 years, as well as traveling and being a part of many revivals throughout the United States. I'm going to be sharing with you how to live a radical lifestyle of revival on a daily basis. Now, the gift of prophecy, what we're going to be talking about tonight is probably the most misunderstood gift of all the spiritual gifts. If you take all the first Corinthians chapter 12 gifts of the spirit, the most misunderstood, in my opinion, gift is the gift of prophecy. And for so long, we have made prophecy for the elite few. But I want to tell you something strong tonight that I want to be stuck in your head. I want this to be stuck in your head for the rest of this broadcast for the next 45 minutes to an hour let this be stuck in your head is that prophecy is for everyone yes i said it you heard it here tag somebody tell somebody we can all prophesy the whole idea that only the preacher can move in the power of god only the preacher has the gifts of the spirit only a pastor or some elite leader with a large following has the gifts of the holy spirit we are trying to break that demonic mindset we have this mindset in the church that only the pastor can prophesy only the preacher can do deliverance only some anointed men of God can lay hands on the sick and we hold people back hear what I'm saying tonight we hold people back from walking in the power of God in their everyday life because we are preaching in America an exclusive gospel we are excluding people from the power of God and one revolution that is happening right now in the church is that ordinary average people I feel the fire on this ordinary average people are learning wait a minute I can walk in the power of God I can do deliverance the chick family who's in this broadcast tonight they started understanding they can do deliverance and all of a sudden the husband gets delivered the wife gets delivered the kids get delivered the grandma gets delivered the aunt and uncle get delivered then they turn the garage into a deliverance room a war room and now everybody's getting delivered people at the church are getting delivered God is moving and this is happening all over America people are realizing that we don't have to wait for some man of God to lay hands on us but everyone every single one of us can perform signs and wonders and miracles and I want to tell you guys this is the fun part about Christianity when I was preaching in North Carolina just the other week we did deliverance for almost three hours and I'm telling you it's the fun part you guys watch deliverance videos you're like man that looks intense and exciting it is exciting because it's the call of every believer don't tell me to calm down I'm not calming down to walk in the supernatural power of God and largely the this mindset where it's just the man of God is how things function in the Old Testament so we're still living in an Old Testament mindset okay we got to break out of this we're living in an Old Testament theology and mindset and we need to understand that the Old Testament working of power working of prophecy and working of miracles was much different than the New Testament in the Old Old Testament men were chosen and anointed by the Spirit to speak the exact words of God so when we see the prophetic anointing and prophets in the Old Testament these were men that were anointed of God that were speaking the exact word of God okay there was no interpretation it was exactly thus saith the Lord when God moved on men in the Old Testament it was one leader a named man and the power of God would rest on him not usually not on the inside of him and he would perform great and mighty exploits and so by default come on help me come on tonight help me with some ones in the chat by default everyone would look to the man of God so now they would worship these personalities in a sense and they would follow Moses and they would follow Ezekiel and they would follow Isaiah because in the Old Testament 
Testament, they didn't have access on their own. They had to go to the man of God. And the reality is we've transferred that mindset and we're living in an Old Testament reality where now we have special vessels of power and what God is doing in, say, Isaiah Saldivar or your favorite preacher is not readily available to the average person. But friend, I came to break, come on, I came to break the mindset, share the broadcast. I came to break the mindset that this is available to every single person because in the New Testament, things changed and Jesus said, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. The veil is going to tear. The separation, come on, help me, is going to be removed. And now every single one of you, every single one of you can prophesy. Every single one of you can speak on God's behalf, not just the priest, not just a pastor. I'm going to show you this in scripture. Like, no, this isn't biblical. I'm going to show you not just the clergy, but every single believer. How fun is this can move in the power of God. And what a shame that we're only reserving it to the elite. What a shame. Now, a lot of pastors, leaders, and preachers don't want you to know this because they want you to rely on them. They want you to keep going to them and keep being dependent on them because if you know you can do everything that they can do you're not going to rely and you're not going to need them any longer and friend i do not oh i feel the fire of god i gotta turn my fan up because i feel the fire so strong tonight i don't want to rely on isaiah saldivar i don't want you to rely on me that's why in our meetings i can't stand doing prayer lines now i get it you want me to pray for you and all that stuff praise the lord but i don't want to create a bunch of people that rely on one personality and one man now is it okay to have a large following yes it is jesus had a large following the disciples paul said follow me as i follow christ but i don't want to create a community that is more in love and obsessed with isaiah saldivar than with the holy spirit i want to create some people that say wait a minute i don't need to wait on isaiah saldivar I don't need to wait for a special anointing, but I can lay hands on the sick. I can drive out demons. I can preach the gospel. And guess what? I can prophesy. And so that's what I'm going to show you tonight is that you can do this. Everything I'm talking is not about the office of a prophet. It's not about a special anointing. We're going to talk about prophecy for the practical person and some tips to prophecy and what God is doing right now in in the realm of prophecy. So you have to understand the New Testament changed the way the power of God works. It went from just clergy and just priests to now the school teacher could heal the sick. Now the Walmart employee can cast out demons. Now the stay-at-home mom can receive words of wisdom. Now the police officer can receive words of knowledge. The construction worker can lay hands on the sick at the person at that job site and that person will get healed you have to understand god changed the way he moved and changed the way he works in the new testament we have the power of the holy spirit regardless of what our title is and i really think guys we need less titles in the church please don't you know praise the lord listen i know you're like pastor prophet you call me names i could honestly care less about titles i've never laid my title on somebody and they got healed i've never laid my degree and i do have a bible college degree but i've never laid my college degree on a demonized person and the demons came out i've never seen my title raise anyone from the dead and some of you pastors watching have more titles than a ufc fighter and you have more degrees than a thermometer but you don't do anything in the power in the kingdom of god and And so we need to get over this title worship in the church. We need to get over this worship of pastors and worship of evangelists. Oh, I'm an apostle. I'm I'm telling you, when I travel, 
Okay, and I'm calling some of you out because I met you in this last event. Everybody's an apostle now. Everybody's a prophet now. Everybody's a teacher now. Everybody's a pastor now. Everybody has a title, but very few people have the fruit that actually speaks for the title. And so I would rather have fruit than have titles because I want to raise up average normal believers that can walk in the power of God. The Bible says your sons and your daughters can now prophesy because my spirit says the Lord, is not just selective for a name prophet or a name person. So if you don't catch this revelation tonight, if you don't catch this as Alexander Pagani would say, and you don't catch what I'm trying to tell you, you're going to live your life thinking the that pro prophecy and the prophetic anointing is not for you. You're going to think that it's from for somebody else. It's for a pastor or a preacher. And I'm here to convince you tonight that this is for you. And I want to say this, 1,800 of you, come on, let's break 2,000. Help me out tonight, guys. I want to say this to every single one of you. You have the ability. You have the anointing. You have the call. And if you take this serious tonight, your whole world will change. Well, brother... I'm not in the ministry. I'm a, I'm a construction worker. I'm a barista at Starbucks. I work at Walmart. I work at McDonald's. I go to college. I'm a student. I'm a daughter. I'm an uncle. I'm a lawyer. It doesn't apply to me. This especially applies to you. If you're working in the marketplace, this especially applies to you because God is longing to anoint you with his power and with his spirit. One thing I want to do tonight is to remove the mystery of the prophetic. Listen, I've been saved for 10 years preaching the word of God, studying the Bible. I've read it. I've read it. I've read it. I went to Bible college and still the prophetic is mysterious, even to me at times. And so there's so much mystery and misconception with the prophetic anointing. So by the end of this, you're going to have a better idea of the prophetic. It's not going to be some elite prophet man it's going to be the anointing that God wants to give you whether your father stay-at-home mom doesn't matter where you are we're talking tonight about the gift of prophecy now first Corinthians 14 31 if you're taking notes which you should be I hope you have a notepad out first Corinthians 14 31 I'm gonna prove that this is for all of you says this very explicitly for you can all prophesy one by one that all may learn and all be encouraged wait a minute Paul prophecy is not for everybody Paul makes it so clear to the church of Corinth that you all can prophesy so don't think that it's just for Isaiah don't think it's just for a preacher but every single one of you can prophesy one by one so that everyone will learn and be encouraged so this is for the teaching of the church it's for the encouragement of the church and i'm going to show you the different levels later of prophecy but you need to understand paul makes it so clear all of you can prophesy so you don't need to argue with me you don't need to debate with me paul's making it so clear and paul is giving instruction in first corinthians 14 of a church gathering and he's saying listen in a church gathering you can prophesy one by one together the next verse is verse 32 he says remember now this is very important when it comes to the gift of prophecy he says remember that people who prophesy are in control of their spirit and can take turns now this statement right here is going to make every religious demon manifest in the chat because so many of you have been taught your whole life that prophecy is very rare that prophetic words don't happen all the time that they're not for everyone that they can't be controlled and that prophecy is spontaneous and in two sentences the apostle paul shatters every religious argument he says in two sentences two verses paul says you all can prophesy oh and by the way whoever's prophesying is in control 
control of their spirit and they can take turns. That means that prophecy doesn't just happen. That means there is an ability that the spirit gives that does not have to be spontaneous. Now at the end, we're going to prophesy over people. We're going to pray for people and we're going to activate the spirit of prophecy and the gift of prophecy. But I want to show you this common misconception is that prophecy is not spontaneous. Now, many of you can prophesy right now, but you're waiting for God to move your mouth. And I'm telling you right now, God is not going to move your mouth. That is not how faith works. Faith takes participation. Now, is there dramatic encounters of the presence and power of God where God will speak out of you and you feel like you're not moving your mouth and you're not controlled? Yes, that can happen. When I spoke in tongues for the first time, I couldn't control it. I covered my mouth. It wouldn't stop. God fully took over when I surrendered my life to him. But that's not usually the case. That's the exception, not the rule. Faith takes participation. God is looking, write this down, for somebody that is willing to participate in prophecy. So you're going to have to, if you want to prophesy, type one in the chat, you want to start prophesying over people. You're going to have to participate with the word of God. You're going to have to open up your mouth and you're going to have to speak out the prophetic word for the prophetic word to be effective. There's no New Testament scripture where the Bible says, and God took over their body and made them prophesy. No, they prophesy by faith, by the activation of faith, and you open your mouth and God gives you the words to speak by divine revelation, information, and impartation, which we're going to go into later. So some of you are saying, well, Isaiah, wait a minute. You're saying we all can prophesy, but doesn't the Bible says that prophecy is a gift? Yes. And the Bible, and you might say, well, only some people have the gift, but you have to understand that the gifts are not one-time things. They're not just a one-time thing they are dramatic manifestations i've taught you this before that come and go so just because you don't have the gift doesn't mean you can't do it so any one of us who have the holy spirit can receive the manifestation of the gifts at any time according to the holy spirit willing the gifts he gives the gifts he manifests the gifts it's the same spirit so that means if you have the holy ghost every gift is in you because you have the holy ghost and he distributes the manifestations of the gifts according to those that want the gifts or that those that need the gifts or that he sees fit so i used to think if you're not prophetic and you don't have the prophetic anointing you can't prophesy but then i realized that the gifts of the spirit are not one time have all forever they are dramatic manifestations of the power of god it's the tool shed i told you guys about you go get the tool you use it and you put it back and that's why paul said very closely listen to me tonight that's why paul says do we all prophesy do we all have the gift of miracles and paul says no we don't because when we're ministering gifts to each other we need to all have different gifts because we don't all need to be prophesying at once we don't all need to be praying for the sick at once we don't all need to be speaking at tongues at once there's a distribution that happens and there is a variety of the gifts so remember the gifts of the spirit are an extra level of power and grace let me give you some examples this is good preaching type one for example first corinthians 12 talks about the gift of healing so why is first corinthians 12 talking about the gift of healing when mark 16 says anyone that believes will lay hands on the sick so is that a contradiction no again the gift is is a dramatic manifestation it's an extra grace an extra power that god gives even though you don't have the gift of healing you can still lay hands on the sick how about the fact that prophecy is a gift in first corinthians 12 prophecy is a gift yet Paul says, we can all prophesy. So Paul, are you contradicting yourself by saying we can all prophesy and then saying not everybody has the gifts or can we all prophesy? Both. Paul is saying, 
the gifts are distributed. We don't need all of them at once in the body, in the church. He said, but also everybody has access to do what the gifts can do to a certain measure of faith. In Ephesians 4, 11, there's an office of the evangelist, but the Bible says that we're all evangelists. So what is it? It's both. This is what you need to understand. There's a gift of miracles, 1 Corinthians 12, but we all can pray and believe God for miracles. So I don't need the gift of healing to pray for the sick. Come on, help me preach tonight. I don't need the gift of miracles to see a miracle. I don't need to be in the office of the evangelist to evangelize. Just like you have to understand, I can pray in the spirit and I don't need the gift of speaking in tongues. So you have to understand that these are dramatic. Now what happens in the churches, because we think that these are one-time things and if you don't have uh, the gift of tongues, you can't pray in tongues, which is so crazy to think. You're telling me God doesn't want your spirit to pray and Romans talks about this, 1 Corinthians 14 talks about this. We have all these misconceptions and pastors sit around and say, God, if you want me to have it, you'll drop the gift on my lap and that is not what the Bible says. I'm gonna show you that we have to earnestly desire these things. So don't use an excuse saying, well, I just don't have the gift of prophecy and so this doesn't apply to me tonight. The gift is a special empowerment you can still flow in prophecy come on share this if the gift is not manifesting it's like building a playground okay you can build a playground as you can tell I have four kids with a screwdriver and it will take you 10 hours or you can get a power drill and do it in a quarter of the time. So you can still build with the screwdriver, but the power drill is more powerful and more effective. Okay, so that's what like, laying hands on the sick is the screwdriver. The gift of healing is the power drill. It's the extra power, the extra tool to equip you for the work of the ministry and for the body of Christ. Now, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, Paul talks about specifically the gift of prophecy and I'm laying the groundwork because even in the weeks to come, I'll go deeper on even prophecy, but Paul lays a ground work and tells us all about the gift and what we should do about the gift. And he says this in 1 Corinthians 14, pursue love, which none of you argue about and earnestly pursue earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. So any pastor or preacher that says we shouldn't be chasing gifts, we shouldn't be desiring them, it's not about the gifts, is wrong according to the word of God, the inspired word of God, because Paul says do earnestly desire them. Don't just desire them, earnestly desire them. And then Paul says this, especially that you may prophesy. So Paul's going like, I have this desire for you that you would prophesy. I want you, there's 1900 of you. I want you to prophesy. For those who speak in tongue speaks not to men, but to God for no one understands him. But he utters the mysteries in the spirit. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. The one who speaks in tongues builds up himself, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. Now I want you all to speak in tongues. This is the apostle Paul, okay? So this is what Paul says. I want you all to speak in tongues. And specifically here, Paul's talking about praying in tongues because remember when you're speaking in 1 Corinthians 12, the unknown language that has interpretation, the tongues Paul's talking about here is your prayer language you're you're uttering mysteries you're talking to god not to man but even more paul says i want you to prophesy the one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless someone interprets so that the church might be built up so paul is saying this very very important you get this of all the gifts of the spirit the most valuable one he emphasizes is prophecy. Paul says all the gifts are good. Miracles are good. Tongues are good. Wisdom is good. Discernment is good. Healing is good. He goes, but I want to emphasize, underline, capitalize, note on, make sure you are aware of the best gift. The highest one I want you to have, especially 
and the most useful is prophecy. We need to desire it. I'm going to show you why. And you're going to start realizing, wow, this is so important that I prophesy. Too many people have stopped at speaking in tongues. And they're happy. Like, oh, I speak in tongues. I'm happy. But Paul says, listen, that's great. And praise the Lord. Listen, Paul said, I speak in tongues more than all of you. I speak in tongues all the time. I wouldn't trade it for the world. I pray in the spirit. I, I, I speak in tongues with interpretation. I believe it's amazing. It's powerful. But Paul says, understand that's not where it stops. Because there's more that God has for you. There's more gifts that he wants to release. There's a deeper, deeper level he wants to take you. And if you're going to fulfill the destiny that God has on your life, you need to understand the ability to prophesy. You have to write this in the chat. You have to desire more. You have to want to move deeper. You have to get tired of living in the kiddie pool of Christianity and spirituality and say, Lord, I want the deep things. Come on, we just broke 2,000 share. I want the deep things of you. Now, Paul says, I want you all to speak in tongues. And that's re specifically referring to praying in tongues because a few verses prior, he says, this is a tongue that no one understands. He says, but even more, I want you to prophesy. And here's why because when you prophesy people will understand you the one who prophesies is greater because it builds up the church and then Paul says but unless now listen very closely to what Paul says because you're going to learn something right here he says unless you're talking about speaking in tongues with an interpretation okay so prophecy is better unless you're speaking in a tongue and someone is interpreting in interpreting the tongue otherwise Prophecy is better. So notice Paul draws a line between two different gifts. There's the praying in the spirit. I want all of you to do it, Paul says. And then there's the, unless you're speaking in tongues with the gift of 1 Corinthians 12, and then someone's going to interpret it. Well, then that's great because everyone understands. But if not, no one is going to understand. Now, when I preach at churches, I usually preach prophetically. Type one if you've been any of my meetings. Versus tonight, I'm teaching systematically. So tonight, I'm teaching you. I'm training you. I'm giving weapons. I'm equipping you to understand the gift of prophecy. When I'm preaching in churches, I'm preaching with a prophetic edge. I'm just going after what is the spirit of God inspiring me to say. And so I am preaching prophetically when I'm preaching in churches. I'm not preaching line by line. I don't have a, a, a verses out. I don't have a notepad out. I'm preaching prophetically along with what the Holy Spirit, the unction of the Holy Spirit is telling me to say. Now, I used to prophesy over individuals all the times in front of everybody. So I'd stand people up during the meetings and I still do this a little bit and I would prophesy over them I'd give them words of knowledge and I would pray for them the problem is think about this when I would do that my mind I always thought okay the pastor's giving me one hour to preach and I'm taking 35 minutes or I'm taking 40 minutes to prophesy over people individually and help one person the problem is I'm in a church of a thousand people and I'm only edifying the one person by giving an individual prophecy so I decided it's more powerful and more effective behind the pulpit to preach prophetically because when I'm preaching I'm prophesying I'm hearing God's word and I'm speaking God's word so that's why I don't do it often people say why don't you do it anymore because I understand if I have one hour it's more fruitful to preach to the entire church to prophesy over the body than to preach or prophesy over one person at a time so prophecy to the entire church is for the building of everybody up Paul says when you're prophesying do it one by one one person prophesy so that you can build up the entire church 
church and generally my style is a prophetic style okay i don't come in with notes i don't come in pre-prepared i study i pray i do this but i have a style that is prophetic now the most basic and this is where i want to remove the cloud and what's up vlad i see you bro i appreciate you here's what i want where i want to remove the cloud of what people think of the prophetic because if i asked you right now everybody in the chat type out what your definition of prophecy is we would have a thousand different answers we'd be confused well it was the fourth telling it's telling the future it's telling something this other now it's telling somebody who they're going to marry everybody has their own definition you type in the chat what is your definition of prophecy here's the very 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 basic write it down definition of prophecy are you ready it's to speak words from god okay that is literally what prophecy in the new testament is speak words from god that's all it is so you become a conduit for god to speak now i'm going to show you the different ways and especially in the coming weeks that we can get words from god but this is the way the gift of prophecy work god wants to speak and god wants to use you as a mouthpiece mouthpiece so that he can communicate and i'm trying not to go too fast to your friends and family so he can use your mouth to speak words of life words of encouragement, words of empowerment, words of exhortation. Many people right now, listen to me chat, are disconnected from God. And so God will use the gift of prophecy. He'll use you to prophesy to get the message across to those who would otherwise not be able to hear his voice. And later on, I'm gonna show you the different levels of prophecy. So if you're a pastor, uh, I know Pastor Vlad's in here, there's many pastors, this is gonna be very helpful to you to try to structure prophecy in your church. And here's something guys, I'm really praying about I'm going to pray about how I could help pastors and leaders come up with some type of training material that I would come up with to help them train prophetic teams and help them host a prophet in the house and have a prophet on staff because many churches don't have prophets many churches don't have prophetic ministry and it's simply because they don't understand how to facilitate one so I'm going to go into later the levels of prophecy but I want to help out some pastors tonight because we need prophecy in the church we need to understand and we need to know it's important that we allow prophecy write this down in our services and in our lives if you're a pastor you need to have a place in your service where you could facilitate prophecy because the bible says in first thessalonians 5 19 paul says this do not quench the spirit and do not despise prophecy someone needs to text this video to a pastor and do not despise prophecy but test everything that is said so Paul says, listen, if you quench this, if you despise prophecy, if you don't allow there, a, there to be a facilitation of prophecy in your everyday life or in your church, you are quenching the Holy Spirit. So he says, don't quench the spirit and don't despise prophecy because these things go together. He goes, but just do this. Test everything that is said. So Paul is giving you permission to not agree with a prophetic word. If I get a prophetic word, is it okay to not agree with it? Yes. Paul says, test everything that's said. But here's what we do. We get one wacky prophetic word from behind a pulpit or behind an altar or a pastor lets a guest minister come in and they prophesy one wacky word. And then the pastor gets scared. He says, shut it down. That was weird. That was wrong. That was not God. And Paul says, instead of doing that, instead of just shutting everything down and unplugging the, the power of prophecy, Paul says, all you have to do is test everything that's said. Don't just let anything happen. It's okay to not agree. Write that down with the prophetic word. And 
it's okay to not receive a prophetic word. I have literally had people come up to me, can I give you a prophetic word? I'm like, you know what, I'm feeling like I'm in a good mood even though I don't know you, go ahead. And they give me the word. I had one guy, I'm not exaggerating, I'm not lying to you. He came to me and said, I have a prophetic word for you. I said, okay, and it was actually somebody I knew uh, years and years and years ago. This is eight, probably eight years ago. He said, I hear the Lord saying, I'm not lying guys, this is true. He said, I hear the Lord saying, that there's a Job season coming, okay? I stopped him right there. I said, the I didn't say it out loud, but in my mind, I said, the devil is a liar. I said, brother, stop right there. I opened up my eyes while he was praying for me. And I said, I do not receive that prophetic word. Stop praying for me. So it is okay if someone tries to prophesy a season of Job, a season of destruction, a season of loss. I just see a season. I'm not talking about a person warning you like, hey, if you do this, God's showing me this is what's going to happen. I'm talking about them prophesying death over you. And I'll be talking next week about prophetic witchcraft and prophetic prophetic abuse in the church because there's a lot of prophetic witchcraft and a prophetic abuse but just know that you don't have to receive a prophetic word and I would straight up tell people if they're prophesying over you a false word just straight up tell them I'm sorry well you don't even have to apologize just say I don't receive that and I would also say be careful who you're allowing to prophesy over you. Don't just let anybody, why? Because the, the our tongue has the power of life and death. So don't just let anybody come and speak a strange spirit over you. They, they might come and say, well, I hear the spirit saying this, and hey, sorry friend, but it might not be the Holy Spirit, it might be a strange or a familiar spirit because the devil does also prophesy. So make sure you're careful with who's prophesying over you. But the other side of it is do not despise prophecy. Do not say we don't need this or it's not of God or it's not a big deal because that's the greatest way to quench the move of God or the spirit in your church. You're basically saying, remember what prophecy was I told you just 10 minutes ago, you're basically saying we don't want God to speak. Prophecy is also a sign, write this down, of the Spirit of God being poured out, Joel 2, 28, and it, it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Okay, so what's gonna happen when the Spirit's poured out? We're gonna find out in the next verse. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. So I'm gonna pour out my Spirit on everybody, not just the pastors. Remember, we're in the New Testament now. And here's what's gonna happen when I pour out my Spirit. Are you ready? Not bigger building, not more tithe and offering, not more followers on TikTok or Instagram, not you being more opulent, having bigger screens, better light shows, more smoke machines he says when my spirit pours out it's going to be shown or the evidence will be all of a sudden your children are going to be prophesied they're going to be hearing my word my voice and they're going to be speaking the word of God even the babes the young children are going to prophesy so this is New Testament this is the sign of the spirit being poured out remember Peter quoted this in the book of Acts he said and it was this is that that the prophet Joel spoke about and he says your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall, shall see visions now here's very important to know dreams and visions are a means of prophetic revelation I don't want to overload you tonight these are a way that we get prophetic words or prophetic information are through dreams and visions so just like deliverance is a sign that God's kingdom has arrived prophecy is a sign of God's spirit being poured out if there is a revival and I've been a part of several if there's a move of God happening and deliverance is not happening it is not true revival because revival remember Jesus said when a demon leaves that's the sign the kingdoms come if people 
are not getting prophetic revelation or prophecy is not happening and this doesn't have to be with some you who person i mean the pastor is not actively allowing prophecy to be spoken doesn't have to be publicly but somewhere in the church or he's not hearing the prophetic word of the lord or he's not prophesying that is not the spirit of god being poured out or a genuine sign of revival because when revival breaks out miracles break out deliverances break out and people begin to have dreams they begin to get prophetic visions they begin to get prophetic words and prophecy begins to break out and god's activity begins to increase the activity of the holy spirit increases the outpouring of the spirit is not just loud music it's not a guest speaker it's not louder longer services it is a supernatural manifestation come on somebody of the holy spirit deliverance happens miracles happen prophecy happens tongues happen interpretation happens the gifts of the spirit and the power of the holy spirit are poured out in an unprecedented measure these are the signs of the holy spirit being poured out if there's revival there's always room for prophecy to manifest most revival preaching if you study revival is prophetic preaching it's a different there's a difference between a preaching and someone who's in the office of a prophet and somebody preaching that's in the office of a pastor when somebody that's in the office of a prophet preaches the prophet is confrontational the prophet stirs up the church the prophet convicts the church the prophet goes against the norm the prophet tears down and rebuilds he's not afraid to ruffle feathers he's not afraid to step on toes he gets people back to the to god to those that have wandered to those that have strayed to those that have left the things of God the prophet or the prophetic voice calls people back to God the prophet is more interested in obeying God than making friends it's not that he's better than the pastor it's that he has a different job and so when I'm going into churches in the role of a prophet that's the office I'm going in as okay I'm going in as with a prophetic voice as a prophetic voice now some people call me revivalist praise the Lord revival being a revivalist is not a biblical term it's a biblical reality but it's not a biblical term some people call me an evangelist praise the Lord I I do evangelize, but I'm not in the, I, I'm not characterized as the office of the evangelist. If I had an office, which again, I'm not into titles, so I don't call myself, I would fall, my preaching, my style, my revelation, my ministry would fall in the office biblically of the prophet, hearing the word of God, speaking the word of God to the people, confronting idols, confronting watered down Christianity, confronting the Kool-Aid gummy bear gospel, confronting the casualness, the malnourished bride, and going to war against the kingdom of darkness. The prophets were not afraid. Why do you think? that the demonic attacks in the Bible were always against the prophets. Why do you think Elijah's running from his life from Jezebel? Because Jezebel understands the prophet is going to confront demonic structures prophets confront demons in the church why do you think no one's confronting the devil because 95 percent of churches in america do not have a prophet on staff or on leadership so no one's confronting the enemy the prophet confronts darkness the prophet confronts things that are wrong in the church the pastor nurtures the pastor shepherds and guides and helps and protects while meanwhile the prophet's seeing the enemy from 100 miles away oftentimes the pastor deals with the enemy when he's five miles away the prophet warns when he sees the enemy a hundred miles away it's not the prophet's job to pastor the people it's his job to 
warn the people when the enemy's coming. He's the watchman. That's the prophetic anointing in action. Prophecy also brings dead things to life. And this is important as you begin to prophesy. There are oftentimes situations that seem hopeless that the prophetic gift or the prophetic anointing can bring life back into things. When someone's on the brink of a divorce, when someone has a lost kid, when someone lost their job or their home or they're confused or they're bitter or they're angry or they're going through a tough season, God will give you a word for them. And I'm telling you guys, I feel this so strong tonight in the Holy Ghost that God will give you a word for them that brings the life back to them, that puts the wind back in their sails, that breaks off discouragement and weariness. So many think God has forgotten them or doesn't care about them, but the prophetic word reminds them that God is watching over his word to perform it. Many of you right now in the broadcast, in the chat, you feel hopeless. You feel tired like you're going to throw in the towel and God is speaking you to you tonight prophetically to keep on fighting. It's a two-word prophetic word. Keep going. Keep fighting. Just those two words, keep going, can give you, can give life to somebody. These can be a prophetic lifeline. These words can be a prophetic rescue boat for someone that's on the verge of quitting. People always say, I was just about to quit until you came up and gave gave me that prophetic word. Friend, it wasn't me. It was the prophetic word that brought life back to the situation. The word that says, and I'm, I'm, listen, if you're not receiving this, I'm receiving it. Someone needs to hear the word tonight. That prophetic word tonight, I'm prophesying that your kids will be saved. And you sit there with your unsaved kids. You say, Lord, that's a word for me. I received that word. That's my word. Or the word that says you will be healed. The word that says you will be delivered. The word that says God does have a plan and a future and a destiny. The devil is a liar. We break his power and we break his assignment in Jesus name. Now, how do, how is that scriptural Ezekiel 37, seven? So I prophesied and as, as I was commanded and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound and the bones came back together, bone to bone, tendons and flesh appeared and there, but there was no breath on them. And then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy son of man and say to it, this is what the Lord says come breath from the four winds and breathe into the slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me and breath entered them and they came to life and stood under their feet a vast army. And tonight I speak over every dry bone. Friend, I'm telling you that when you begin to prophesy, something's beginning to shake and rattle. There's a noise when you prophesy. Often when I'm prophesying over somebody and they start shaking and crying. Why are they shaking? Why are they crying? It's the noise. It's the rattling of dry bones. And the reason why they're crying and shaking is because something's coming back to life. Somebody right now is shaking in the presence and the power of God because something that was dead is coming back alive. There was a dream that was dead that's coming back alive. There was a vision that was dead that's coming back alive. God is restoring something tonight in the mighty name of Jesus. The power of God is here. The fire of God is here. The prophetic word, I prophesy wind to come into your sails. I prophesy life over every dry area. I prophesy that your marriage will be restored. I prophesy that you and your entire household shall be saved. I prophesy that somebody's kids are breaking out of drug addiction. Somebody's kids are breaking out of confusion and lust. I prophesy that there might be tears, but God says joy is coming in the morning. You need to learn. Somebody right now needs to prophesy over themselves 
and say, Lord, I hear your word and I'm speaking your word. Now, prophetic words also help you fight in spiritual warfare. How does this happen? First Timothy 1 18. Sometimes when you have nothing else to hang on to, friend, the prophetic word will get you to fight the battle. It'll get you through tough seasons. I've lost track of how many times I wanted to give up and the prophetic word kept me going. First Timothy 1 18. Timothy, my son, here are my instructions for you based on the prophetic word. So here, the, here they are based on the prophetic word spoken about you earlier may they help you fight in the Lord's battle. Timothy, you're in a battle. It's not your battle. It's the Lord's battle. And I'm giving you prophetic words. And these prophetic words, remember them because they're going to help you fight in the Lord's battle. So it's crucial that you remember the words that God speaks over you. When somebody prophesies an inspired word of God and you test that it was from God, you need to understand after you test the word, which we have a video on testing spirits. I'll do another video on testing prophetic words. You have to know that God watches over his word to perform it. He said, bring my word into remembrance. Remind me of the word. And some of you that have forgotten words that have been spoken over you, prophetic words, and you're going to hear them again tonight in Jesus name. I'm living right now in a prophetic word, this stream, this ministry, my family, everything going on right now in our family is a prophetic word in action. Someone literally prophesied this my job is to remind God of the word that has been spoken over me God has spoken a word over me and I'm going to remind God of the prophetic word I'm going to remind God of what he's spoken I'm going to remind God of what he said because God is watching over his word because God is going to perform his word God is not a man and I'm reading the chat tonight share the broadcast God is not a man that he should lie and so when someone prophesies over you this is not a word from man this is a word from God Prophecy also has a has power to bring someone to the faith. 1 Corinthians 14, spam it in the chat, 14:24. But if all of you are prophesying and an unbeliever who or a person who doesn't understand these things comes into your meeting, they will be convicted of sin and judged by what you say, and as they listen, their secret thoughts will be exposed and they will fall to their knees and worship God declaring God is truly among you. Word of knowledge, word of prophecy go hand in hand. But what's interesting is Paul is not only, and I'm not going to, I'm trying not to go too crazy here, but Paul is not only talking about personal prophecy, Paul is talking about corporate prophecy. Paul is saying when you're preaching prophetically, when you're prophesying in the room and an unbeliever walks in, and they hear you preaching the inspired word of God, not something you studied up or something that you heard someone else preach. When the Holy Spirit's using you as a mouthpiece, they're going to feel convicted and their secrets are going to be exposed and they're going to fall to their knees. This is the unbeliever that stumbles into the meeting. And this is why we need prophecy. I've had so many times while I'm preaching, the Holy Spirit speaking out of me and in my mind, as I'm preaching, I'm like, why would I say that? I mean, literally, like, why did I just say that? As I'm preaching, I'm thinking that as I'm preaching. And after I get done, someone comes up to me and says, you don't understand that one thing you said was exactly what I needed to hear. I haven't been to church in 10 years. I stumbled in here and this was exactly what I needed to hear. That was the gift of prophecy or the prophetic anointing that was flowing out of me speaking to that person. I remember one time I was in Canada and in the middle of my message, I started talking about how God has love for even the prostitutes. And I talked about the prostitutes in the Bible and how God had love and Mary Magdalene, seven demons came out of her. And I'm like, in my mind, as I'm preaching, preaching my mind I'm like why am I talking about prostitutes there's no prostitutes in here and I went on with for literally like 10 minutes or like 8 to 10 minutes about Mary Magdalene about uh, the woman and adultery and the woman at the wall I'm, I'm going on and on I'm like what is going on here Lord why am I saying this and then I was kind of like just confused by it 
after the service, somebody came up to me and said, I'm a prostitute down the road because the church is next to several brothels in Canada. She said, I'm a prostitute down the road. Someone invited me tonight. I found my way here. And she said, I was brought to tears when you were talking about God's love for the prostitute because I thought that God could never love me and that God was done with me because of the lifestyle that I've chosen. I'll never be able to escape and God's mad at me. And the word that I gave, I was preaching to a church where literally like the pastor's probably like, dude, why are you talking about prostitution and how God wants to heal and deliver? For people that are in prostitution because I didn't understand that there was somebody in there that was a prostitute that needed to hear the prophetic word of the Lord. Now, God can, write this down, speak prophetically in many different ways. The Holy Spirit can give us prophetic information in several ways. These are prophetic impressions, dreams, visions, open visions, mental visions, audible voice of God, trances, which we talked already about a lot of these on the channel, experiences in the third heaven, like Paul talked about, and many other ways that God can give prophetic information. So listen to me very closely. I want you guys all to hear me loud and clear. When you're giving a prophetic word, it's not always coming from something God told you. It can also come from a prophetic revelation or prophetic information coming through dreams and visions and impressions. These are all ways you can give or get prophetic information. Now, listen to this closely. Prophetic information about a person or a situation does not automatically come with the wisdom or the power to bring change to the person or situation. So just because you get a prophetic word doesn't mean the prophetic word is going to come to pass. Let me give you an example. Many times the information or prophetic revelation is tied to the person's obedience. I know this is so much for one night. I should, I'm, I need to break this up into several weeks. So in other words, God gives Jonah a prophetic word. What was the prophetic word? The prophetic word was that Nineveh was going to be destroyed. And so Jonah, Jonah, Jonah goes and prophesies to Nineveh. God is going to destroy the city. Jonah's sitting up on the hilltop. Okay, and I'm using a story, an illustration. Jonah is sitting on a hilltop moping about the prophetic word. And all of a sudden, Jonah hears a sound. And Jonah goes, what is that sound? Because Jonah's waiting for God to destroy the city. God, as we know God can destroy cities. Jonah's waiting. He's going, okay, God, what are you going to do? What Make the next move. And Jonah hears a sound of music. And Jonah hears a loud sound. He's going, what is that? And he peeks over the mountaintop. And Jonah looks down on Nineveh. And instead of fire coming from heaven, he sees an all-out revival. He sees people worshiping. He sees people praising. He sees preaching happening in Nineveh on the corners. He sees the power of God breaking out. People are on the face repenting there's a fast sackcloth and ashes even the animals the bible said were fasting and there is a full-blown revival breaking out in Nineveh and Jonah goes what happened to the word the word was destruction see but, but remember because the king called a fast and everyone turned from their sin God released revival instead of destruction and even though the word the prophetic word or information was destruction you have to understand that the city had a part to play in the prophetic word. The word or information was not enough in itself. There was obedience that tied into the information. So is it possible to have a prophetic word, the people not obey, the prophetic word not come to pass? Absolutely. A prophecy, write this down, that doesn't come to pass 
does not mean someone is a false prophet. And I'll do a live stream on false prophets very soon. Not tonight because it's way too much information. But I'm going to show you on the weeks to come. Just because somebody doesn't get a prophetic word right does not make them a false prophet. Oftentimes, you have to understand, here's where the trouble comes. The trouble comes in actually interpreting the prophetic message that God is giving us. Because prophetic words must be interpreted. When God gives you the information, you interpret the information. We need to remember something very clear. clear. We are not translating the prophetic word or the dream or the vision. We are interpreting. The difference is translating is giving it word for word. Interpreting is giving the general message. So when I get, and I'm blessing myself tonight if I'm not blessing you. When I get a prophetic vision, a prophetic dream, a prophetic word, a prophetic impression, a prophetic revelation, whatever you want to say, a prophetic song, I am not going to translate it word for word. That's why when you prophesy, you don't need to say, thus says the Lord, because that's Old Testament. In the New Testament, they didn't say, thus says the Lord, because they didn't need word for word translations. In the Old Testament, because it was scripture, it was word for word. In the New Testament, it's interpretation. We're giving the general message. So if God gives me a picture of something and I get an interpretation, I don't have to try to give it word for word the way God showed me. I give them the general message of what God is saying to them because prophecy is just speaking words from God. Okay. Very, very, very simple. I'm helping myself tonight. So in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit would help them interpret things because remember, there's 50 ways to say the same thing. Thing. Two plus two is four. One plus three is four. Zero plus four is four. Are you guys getting it here? There's multiple ways to get to the same place. So there's many different ways that you can um, deliver a prophetic word. No, there's not one right way or one wrong way. We just need to be careful that when we get the information, because that's the first step is you get the information, we're properly interpreting it. Now, many prophets don't have the wrong information. Write this down. They have the wrong interpretation. So we know already, I don't have to tell you, how many prophets thought Trump was going to be president and they prophesied, prophesied, prophesied. He wasn't, right? I, I think it's because they had the right information, but they had the wrong interpretation. So they got the word wrong and everyone calls them false, but it wasn't the word was wrong. It was they interpreted it improperly or they got overzealous or they didn't fully understand it. So the temptation is, man, this is good stuff tonight. The temptation is to put your own spin on it. Here's the worst thing you can do. Write this down, prophetic pitfall. The worst thing you can do is to get a prophetic revelation, information, or word and put your own spin on it because you don't have an interpretation. If God gives me a prophetic word and I don't have an interpretation, guess what? I'm going to show you how to deliver it. You don't say, here's what God is saying. The way you give them the word is, I saw an image of a bird picking up a letter. What does that mean to you? Okay, because the other way is, oh, the Lord's saying that there's a season and a message coming to you. No, that's not the interpretation. I just made that up because I got a, a picture and I put my own spin on it. Do not put your own spin on it. We need to look to God for the interpretation. Numbers 12, 6 through 8 says, hear now my words. If there's a prophet among you, the Lord... I, the Lord, will make myself known to him. Listen to this. In a vision, I will speak to him in a dream. Not so with my servant Moses. I speak with him face to face plainly and not in dark sayings. So God said, listen, I'm going to speak to prophets, but I'm going to speak to them in dark sayings. That's mysteries. That means I'm going to tell them in symbolism. Okay, I'm going to tell them in ways that you wouldn't just understand. In other words, it needs an interpretation. So if I get a prophetic impression of a bird, 
right? What does a bird mean? It needs an interpretation. It's a dark saying. It's a riddle. It's a mystery. First Corinthians 13, 9 says our knowledge is partial and incomplete. And even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture. So you're not trying to be Mr. Know-it-all when you prophesy. And that will be your temptation is to know everything. All you are is giving the part that God wants you to give because you need to realize God speaks in mysteries, dreams, visions, and usually not just direct words. And this is where we need relationship with Jesus, relationship with God, relationship with the Holy Spirit so that we can interpret what he's saying to us. Because prophecy, oftentimes we're getting pieces to the whole puzzle. And when people come out thinking they know the whole puzzle, the whole picture, they usually end up wrong. Jesus often spoke in parables to hide the truth for those that were not hungry. And that's why in Matthew 13, 13, he said, I speak to you in parables because I'm sorry. He said, I speak to them in parables because seeing they do not see and hearing they do not hear nor understand. So he said, I'm hiding myself in mystery so that you'll seek me to gain the information. If we didn't need to seek God for the information, then what would be the point of revelation? It's the unwrapping, the unpackaging. It's the joy that he gets when he sees us unwrap the gift. It's the same reason why you wrap your kid's gift on Christmas. It's the joy of watching them unpack the gift. So in the same way, the Holy Spirit speaks to us in dreams and visions using parables and in symbolism so that we would seek him for an interpretation. Do not get overzealous and try to manufacture one if God is not giving you one. I've given many, many thousands of prophetic words that made absolutely no sense. I didn't understand, but I had to trust God and realize I don't know it all. I'm only seeing in part. So when prophesying, there's a line, there's a line in prophecy that you need to be careful where you don't start passing the line and prophesying out of your flesh and saying things that your flesh wants to say. And that's what we'll be probably maybe discussing next week is prophetic abuse and prophetic witchcraft and manipulation where you use prophecy to get your own way and to further your own ministry and further your own agenda. Okay. When receiving a prophetic word, listen to this. Okay. This is very important. Write this down. Do, and then we're going to go into the levels of prophecy and we're going to pray that God would give us all the gift of prophecy and that he'd open our ears. But here, here's what I need to say. When receiving the prophetic word, do not act on it until the Lord confirms the word. Let me say it again. When receiving a prophetic word, do not act on the word until the Lord confirms the word. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 13, 1, by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word shall be established. So when somebody gives you a word, don't immediately act on it or take a new direction in life because you got a word, but instead seek the Lord and ask God to confirm the word or look for spiritual leaders to confirm the word. Too many of you quitting your job because some prophet on YouTube gave you a word for $13.99. Too many of you are breaking up with relationships or getting into relationships because some thirsty prophet came, oh, we're getting real now, y'all, come and gave you a word and wanted an offering and gave you a, and sold you a prophetic fortune cookie panda express word and you shifted your entire life based on a prophetic word but just get out of here with that hometown buffet panda express fortune cookie word and understand that when you get a word ask the lord or spiritual leader to confirm the word or ask the holy spirit to bring confirmation and it usually won't come immediately but it will come throughout the process of time so don't be out there moving 
moving and selling cars and properties and going up to your pastor. Oh, a prophet came to me and said, I had a word that I need to move and get away from this dead church. No, you need to sit under spiritual leaders and also inquire with God and let the Lord confirm the word. Don't be over there getting pregnant before marriage because some you who prophet told you they saw a baby in her, your horizon. Okay. You need to understand that any prophetic word, this is very basic, write this down that does not align with the written word of God is coming from a familiar, a different, a strange, a weird, a demonic spirit, okay? So if the word does not match scripture, if you're getting a prophetic word, again, we're gonna talk about this next week, that goes against the word of God. If you're getting a word, now listen, you might have an unsaved husband. I've had many people come to me and say, a prophet gave me a word to leave my husband. Listen to me very closely. If there's no sexual immorality or adultery, you have no grounds or abuse and other circumstances. But just because your husband or wife is not saved, it does not give you the right to slide in to single men's DMs, okay? And try to get connected with single men and leave your husband because some prophet told you you need to find a man of God. That is not scriptural. The Bible says if you're married to an unbeliever, you need to live and be an example and I'll make a video on this soon so that you can win them over you don't divorce them because of a prophet and we have way too many prophets running around that have no accountability that are not don't know the word of God and that are giving you who witchcraft prophetic words so make sure that if you get the word you don't make a move now I've had decisions in my ministry that were life-altering that were game changing, that were changing everything. And I didn't make the decision until I got confirmation. And 95 of my prophetic words I've gotten, okay, 95% only confirm what God has already spoken. Oftentimes, prophetic words will just confirm what God has already showed you. So a prophetic word can be a word of confirmation. Very few times have I ever received a prophetic word that was new information. But oftentimes, I've been on the brink of making a massive ministry decision and all of a sudden, I'm talking about an hour before I had to make the decision, a prophetic word would come forth, a prophet would call me or text me or I would meet with one or I'd be in prayer and a prophet would come to me and a, a prophet I trust, a friend, a, a leader, and would give me a prophetic word that helped me confirm the decision I felt God already making. So don't look to prophecy as some like fortune telling, which it is, does tell future. It is foretelling, but don't look for it like it's a medium where it's like, let me just tell you your future and look in the crystal ball. The Bible is not a crystal ball. The Bible is God's inspired written word, inspired by the Holy Spirit. And so if you get a prophetic word, first of all, okay, we don't have time to get into this because we'll go over this next week. But first of all, you need to track the person. If they have no track record, then why are you even hearing what they have to say? Don't even take the word, but we need to be careful. Okay. We're going to go into this and then we're going to pray. Let me give you quickly here the four different levels of prophecy, okay? Because now that we're getting understand the basis of prophecy, how to give prophecy, what prophecy does, I'm going to go through the levels. And these are not like one is way better. It's just different levels of prophecy. Number one, the first level, and these will go quick. The first level, type one if I can have five more Pentecostal minutes. The first level, write this down, is simple prophecy that's level number one this is where 90 plus percent of us probably are right now or are going to become after tonight this is simple prophecy a simple prophecy is when any believer speaks an impression or speaks prophetic revelation that God has brought to his or her mind whether this is a word from God whether this is a dream whether this is a vision it's when a believer gives a simple word through 
something they receive from God, whether a picture, usually it's not a vision or a dream because that's a, that's the next level, but usually it's like when God impresses, which we'll talk about impressions here in a second, or when God gives us a small whisper, this is a simple prophecy. This is the simplest form, and this is what most of us are going to function in. Now, every person, remember, is able to speak on behalf of God. Every believer is able to speak on behalf of God. Every person has the ability not to be a prophet, but to prophesy. This is to speak words from God. Simple prophesy. Prophecy is usually in the scope of encouragement, comfort, exhortation. Okay, those are the three ways that simple prophecy works in. This is what you guys are going to be mostly doing. 1 Corinthians 14, 3, but one who prophesies, listen to this, strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. Those are the four rules of a simple prophetic word or a simple prophet. Okay, let's just say a simple prophet. And those are what most believers are going to function in. Exhortation, if you're like, what does that mean? It just means to encourage someone to do something. So when prophecy encourages them, when you're done getting the revelation, guess what happens? You want to go read your Bible. You want to pray. You want to love your wife better. You want to fast because the prophetic revelation encourages you. It exhorts you. And so that's what exhortation is. Every single broadcast, I'm exhorting you guys. I'm encouraging you to open up your Bible. I'm encouraging you to fast. I'm encouraging you to pray. So that's simple prophecy. Now, this level of the prophetic, write this down. This level, level one, does not usually include correction. Oh, come on, somebody, help me out tonight. New direction or predictive elements, okay? That basically means that this level, you're at level one of prophecy. This is not Dave Ramsey's levels, okay? If you're at level one of prophecy, this is not you correcting everybody. You don't just, oh man, I got the gift of prophecy. You're in sin, you're a Jezebel, you're at Ahab, you're wrong, you're going to hell. Everyone in this church is going to hell. Everybody's in sin, I know everything. I have the gift of prophecy. God spoke to me in a dream last night. That is not level one simple prophecy. So you need to, I would caution yourself from, trying to correct everybody because that's how you get arrogant and proud. I would also caution trying to give people new direction. I see the Lord getting a marriage. I see the Lord opening up this. So this is this is not the level. This is the basic. Paul talks about this. Remember, basic 1 Corinthians 14, 3, simply to strengthen, encourage, and to comfort people. It's a word from God to bring to people. Also, this is not future telling. So at this point, you're not, although prophecy does have the elements of future telling, and that's something that I've flown in, I fly, I flowed in in the past a future telling what is God saying for next year or what is God saying in the future that is not level one this is simple prophecy the everyday normal average spiritual believer that is not in the office of a prophet these are very very simple now these can be something guys now I know you're like well this is boring I want to tell the future and I want to do this and I want to do that but guys listen to me very 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 closely there is so much power in encouragement there's so much power in exhortation there's so much power in strengthening and this is where you start your prophetic journey many people think well it's not fun because it's not that powerful but friend i want to tell you some of the most powerful words i've ever given are me simply hearing the lord say tell that person don't quit tell that person keep going tell that person i see them to someone who to someone who seems like everything is fine like everything's going they're fine they're on fire they're a leader they're a pastor why would i say that and god's like tell them i've literally told pastors that had everything going for them I just really feel like the Lord wanted me to encourage you and tell you not to quit. Don't be discouraged. And they break down crying saying, Isaiah, I was on the verge of quitting. 
on the verge of giving up. And the only thing that's keeping me going is you gave me that prophetic word. There was power in that word. So don't underestimate the power of encouragement. It's not soft. It's not teddy bear, care bear. This is power because your words are charged supernaturally by the spirit. So this is the, the prophecy that God wants to use you. In. And later we're going to pray that God would begin to use us to prophesy to friends and family and different people. So don't underestimate the power. The word is charged with supernatural power that gets results. Trust me, they get results. Okay, level two, and we're going up to the next level here, is a prophetic gifting, okay? And these are believers who often, often receive impressions, dreams, visions, or other types of prophetic revelation often. And these can often be symbolic, like parables or riddles, and they receive more than normal information, okay, than the first group. But level two, the prophetic gifting, still, they don't always understand the information they received. Did anybody know level two in the house? They're always getting a dream, always getting a vision, but they're not mature enough to fully understand, but they know that they have a prophetic gifting. And these people do have special giftings in the prophetic and should, should you, this is what you should do if you're level two and no one's better than anyone, okay? It's just different levels. You should keep seeking training like tonight so that you can further press into the gift of prophecy and the interpretation. So all these levels, the most essential thing is closeness to God. He's the one that has the interpretation. He's the one with the knowledge. And to him, look to him more than a dream interpretation book. Look to him more than a prophecy color book. You need to understand that he's the one you want to lean into. Okay, level three is prophetic ministry. Now, for many of you, this is foreign because your church doesn't believe in the prophetic or have a prophetic ministry. And that's why I need to come up with some type of training material for the prophetic for the prophetic, for the American church, how we could apply this practical. But number three, the prophetic ministry, these are believers who are, their gifting has been recognized by a leader or pastor. They're being nurtured, they've been commissioned, and they're regularly doing ministry, prophetic ministry in the local church. Now, I'm not saying that they're on the stage prophesying. I'm not saying they're on the microphone prophesying, but they're regularly being used in prophetic ministry, usually at the altars or one-on-one or calling people or texting people. There's many ways that you can prophesy. Prophetic ministry is when you start, and level three is where you start moving into telling or future telling, where you're starting to see things in the future. You're starting to see roadblocks, attacks, hindrances, things to warn people of. And so this is the level where you can start future telling. You can also start exposing sin, which what Paul talked about in the book of Corinthians where they fall to their knees. This is that level where you can start confronting. You can start rebuking people one-on-one. And I think it's safe at this point, once you've been confirmed by a leader or pastor in the local church, you can start moving to the next level. You should be, if you're getting um, like major prophetic words for the church, you should be writing them down and turning them into the pastor at this level. Level three, you should be turning these words into the pastor. And I'll probably post a clip of this on YouTube tomorrow or the next day so you can send all this this one clip here or this four levels to your pastor because we do need this in the body of Christ but at this level you're giving counsel you're giving prophetic information to your pastor so you're sending him uh, information hey pastor I had a dream about the church I had a word because he's already confirmed you nurtured you and confirmed that you have the right spirit you have the right integrity you have the right character all those things are lined up now you can start moving into prophetic ministry nurturing other people to take them from level two to level three and this is where leaders also have given you prophetic authority where you're now a voice in the church and where now your information can be properly interpreted so now you're learning also 
also how to interpret the words. How do I interpret the dreams? How do I interpret the visions? How do I interpret the pictures? There's that close level, that prophetic gifting is sharpened now to where I can start using it for the church, using it for new strategies, using it for new revelations. And really at this point, I'm still submitting everything to the prophet of the house or to the pastor of the house. So I wouldn't put a novice into level three if they're new, they just got saved. I would continue to let them flourish in level one or level two and then move them into level three. But in my church, I would not allow them to be correcting people. That's one big thing I'm against. If you're, listen, if you're not at that level, if you haven't given permission, don't be correcting my people. Don't be trying to correct everybody and give everybody your own take on the prophetic. You need to be nurtured. Your character needs to be right. Your family needs to be in order. There's things I need to look at before I release you. Okay, level four, here's the last level for the local church level four the prophetic office and um, this is the highest level and these are people who are in the office functioning somewhat like an old testament prophet in the sense that they give correction they give direction and they help emphasize the focus of the church the direction of the church and they help steward the spiritual climate of the church this is the prophetic office the highest level in the church this is the actual prophet of the church where they're discerning they're getting direction what's the next step spiritually for the church where do we need to take the church spiritually well the pastor is maintaining the people and keeping them healthy and making sure he's a godly support and he's teaching them the word and training them and then the teacher and the uh, evangelist and they're doing all the now the prophet says okay where's the church going in the spirit what are we targeting what is God doing how is God moving so the prophet is now discerning the, throughout the entire church what the spirit of God is doing and oftentimes the prophet will have a heavy emphasis on signs and wonders and miracles on deliverance and they will do things and teach things that the other four and this is a little bit too deep for some of you so I'm gonna go quick on this the other Ephesians 411 offices are not going to touch on the words of a prophet are to be taken very very seriously because you have to understand at this point the prophet should be having some time to speak on the microphone okay this is the time where the prophet should be speaking on some Sunday mornings teaching some Wednesday nights and once a month once twice a month once every couple months the prophet should be speaking the word of God over the pulpit and that's why I go to churches over and over I preached at one church in San Francisco for every single month for eight years and every month I went I would give the prophetic word of the Lord so I'm speaking the prophetic word to help redirect the spiritual climate of the church and that church I was very close to them I would tell the pastor, he would ask for my advice and I would give him my prophetic counsel. I would say, I feel prophetically through the inspiration of the revelation of the Holy Spirit, where your church is headed. This is what you need to do. You need to shift the prayer meetings. You need to start allowing this to happen. You need to start allowing deliverances. I'm now helping him manage the local church prophetically because he doesn't have time to be getting dreams and visions and revelations and interpretations and all that. He has to do all the other stuff it takes to run the church. This is why the Ephesians 4.11, the fivefold ministry is necessary because if you're not having a fivefold ministry in your church, you're running on two cylinders or one cylinders instead of five cylinders you're selling yourself short so if i had a function you say well isaiah where would that leave you if i was serving right now in a local church on staff which i don't have the time energy or ability to do right now and do these broadcasts I would be functioning in the office of a prophet. I would not be a teacher. I would not be an evangelist or a pastor. I'm not pastoral in that sense. I have the prophetic edge. First Samuel 3:19 says Samuel grew and the Lord was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground. That's first Samuel 3:19. Not one word Samuel spoke fell to the ground. The prophet's words are to be taken very seriously, even in the New Testament church. Everything Samuel said came to pass. God said, Samuel, there's such a closeness, a trust, 
a level of holiness and respect that everything you say is going to come to pass. So these levels are not scriptural levels, they're categories where we can see where do different people land on each level. Now, some of you might be on level four, most of us are gonna be on level one or two. Some of us might be in that that place of level three, but God is wanting you to go to the next level wherever you are at. We're gonna be going deeper, deeper as the weeks come on prophecy, how to apply it in the church, how to, why people abuse prophecy, how prophecy is abused, how to test prophetic words. I have much more stuff planned. I didn't think it was gonna take me an hour 10 minutes to build the foundation, but tonight I believe the Holy Spirit is going to release the gift of prophecy. And even more than just releasing the gift of prophecy, he's going to stir up a desire and a hunger in you to understand that you can prophesy. You can prophesy. Write this in the chat. You can prophesy. I can prophesy. God has called me and God has anointed me. Now you can do this through a phone call. You can do this through a text message. You can do this as simple as saying, and let me just leave you this last thought, as simple as wherever you're at, whether it's a church event, a shopping mall, a sporting event, or a family gathering, I want you to try, and I'm gonna leave you with something very basic, very uh, applicable that you can do this week. All you're gonna do, try this out, okay? I'm I'm telling you, this will change your life. All you're gonna do, wherever you're at, even if you're at home, okay, and you're looking through your contact list, this is what you're gonna say, Holy Spirit, okay? Write this down. This is what you're going to say. Holy Spirit, is there anything you want me to say to anybody here? Whether you're at the mall, whether you're at a family reunion, your job, your college campus, or you're looking through your contact list, or you're messaging people, encourage them on Instagram. All you're going to say is, Holy Spirit, is there anything you want me to say to anybody here? And you're going to be surprised on how the Lord uses you to prophesy. Remember, he doesn't give gifts if we don't need them or use them. Invite the Holy Spirit to get involved. Don't expect him to move if you're not inviting him. If you're on the phone with a friend you haven't talked to in years or a long time, before you call them, ask the Holy Spirit, is there anything, Holy Spirit? Say it like that. Is there anything, Holy Spirit, you want me to tell them? And you're going to be shocked on how the Holy Spirit begins to download you a prophetic word. And here's the very, very key thing I've never heard anyone say. When you give a prophetic word, don't wait for the entire word. God will oftentimes give you one word or one sentence. And once you give that, he'll show you the next word. So don't panic and say, oh, it's only two words. Once you give the two words, he'll give you more words. He'll fill your mouth. So many of us have never, ever, ever asked this question. We've never before the phone call said, Holy Spirit, what do you want to say? Or at the grocery store, Holy Spirit, what do you want to say? Start doing this and watch the supernatural break out. You have to get to a place where you understand the Holy Spirit wants to speak and move outside of the Sunday morning experience. He wants to invade the coffee shop. He wants to invade the Walmart trip. He wants to invade the business meeting he wants to invade the family reunion he wants to break out in prophecy everywhere you go let him speak out of you let him use you okay now we're going to take some time to pray here and we're going to ask the holy spirit to activate this i want everyone to start praying and i want you to begin to ask the holy spirit say holy spirit i desire to prophesy i want you to begin to pray that right now say that out loud don't be shy say it nice and loud holy spirit I desire to prophesy. I want you to speak to me and through me. I want you to tell the Holy Spirit, I'm available to receive dreams, impressions, words of knowledge, visions, trances, encounters in the third heaven, 
Holy Spirit, whatever you want to do, however you want to give me prophetic information, I am available. I want you to use me. I want you to speak to me in the realm of prophecy so that I can prophesy over and to people because according to your word, I'll prophesy. So Father, I ask you right now that you would release the desire, as Paul said, earnestly desire, 1 Corinthians 14, desire the spiritual gifts especially prophecy father we are praying according to your word we're praying the scripture we pray lord that we would prophesy at our jobs come of you prophesying to your co-workers now you don't have to tell them you're prophesying you don't have to say thus saith the lord you don't have to tell them just give them the word just speak the word to them okay you don't have to make it obvious or thus saith the lord many times you prophesy you're probably doing it on an accident anyways just speak the word but i'm, I'm telling you people are going to begin to prophesy at their job you're going to prophesy at work and they're going to be going to prophesy at school they're going to begin to prophesy in their churches i even see prophetic ministries rising up in churches the prophetic office rising up in the church and so holy spirit i pray that you would release the spirit of prophecy you would release the power of prophecy the testimony of jesus is the spirit of prophecy father we thank you that your word says Jesus said in the word of God, I only do what I see the father do. That's the model of New Testament prophecy. So father, I pray that we would only do what you do. Let us not speak in selfish ambition. I pray we would not prophesy out of my, our own imaginations or out of our own will or our own spirit. But God, let us prophesy according to your word. Give us divine interpretation. And I pray for pastors. I see some pastors here in the chat. I see you, Christy Smith from um, House Church Hawaii. Listen, I pray over every pastor that God would help you to form prophetic ministry, to perform and facilitate a time that you don't have to have them get on stage every Sunday and prophesy over the mic. But Lord, let there be a time of cultivating the prophetic in our churches. Let there be a time of cultivating. We do not want as pastors to quench prophecy. We do not want to quench prophecy. So Father, we are asking tonight, give us wisdom and revelation and knowledge on how to cultivate a prophetic atmosphere in our families and in our churches so that we don't hinder or quench the move of the Holy Spirit. We pray the power of prophecy would be released in Jesus' name, the spirit of prophecy that the Bible says is subject to the prophet. Father, I thank you that prophecy is not out of control. If it's out of control, it's not New Testament because the Bible says you can take turns and you can control your spirit. So don't get up on there saying, I have to give this word right now or I'm going to die. That is not God. God says you could control the word. You could control the prophecy. We don't have to be weird about this, guys. So Father, I pray that you would release self-control over the church, that we would not be you who are weird, but we would be grounded and rooted on your word. We'd be grounded and rooted in the place of prayer. And that, Father, when it comes to prophecy, that we would honor you and that we would reverence you and that we would not get arrogant. We break every spirit of pride right now. We break the spirit of pride in Jesus' name. And we pray that you would humble us and use us to prophesy. I want you guys to see tonight that prophecy is not as crazy and complicated. Now, the higher level future telling that is, but what good would it be for me to get on here before 2,200 of you, that 95% of you are not on staff at a church? What benefit would it mean to bring you a 45 minute or an hour teaching on the office of the prophet and future telling when that's not even relevant to the New Testament average believer, the normal, like you and me, the average believer, the new Testament is that power, that encouragement. There is some conviction. There is some calling out, but you need to be very, very careful that because God wants to use you and we don't want to grieve the spirit by speaking out of line. So father, we pray that you would humble us because your word says that you draw near to the humble. So father, we pray that you would humble us right now. Humble us, God, break every pride, search our heart 
in the mighty name of Jesus. And I thank you, God, that business owners are going to prophesy. I thank you that school teachers are going to prophesy. I thank you that nurses and doctors and police officers and stay-at-home moms and stay-at-home dads are going to prophesy. I thank you, Lord, that those that are employed or unemployed, that go to school or don't go to school, are going to prophesy. I thank you that those watching all over the world right now are going to prophesy in the mighty name of Jesus. We just pray over every person. We pray encouragement over them, God. We pray joy over them, God. And we ask for your power to be released in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, release your healing power, release your delivering power, and release the power of the Holy Spirit. This is your Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, that you administer gifts according to how you want to administer gifts. So, Father, we just say we're open, we desire them, we seek them, we seek the gifts, just like we seek the one who gives the gifts, and we thank you. We don't seek them for selfish ambition. These are for the edification of the body, of the common good of all. That's what they're for. They're not for you. They're for everybody to be benefited. Paul says, I I want all of you to speak in tongues. I want all of you to prophesy. So Father, release that in Jesus' name. Release your power. Release your power in Jesus' name. Release your power. Prophesy in Jesus' name. You will prophesy. I prophesy over you. You will prophesy in the mighty name of Jesus that you will speak words from God in the mighty name of Jesus. And I even pray this last thing, God, that you would help us to interpret the word. Interpret it. Guys, listen, if you're giving a prophetic word, I don't know if I mentioned this, and you don't understand it, don't try to make it up. Just tell the person what you're seeing. Say, does this make sense to you? Because it doesn't make sense to me. And sometimes God will give them the interpretation to the word. So don't try to know it all. Just tell them what you're seeing. If you're getting an impression or an image or a picture or a video in your mind's eye, tell them what you're seeing and then let them bring the interpretation or let God interpret it through them as well. So Father, I pray that you'd give us interpretation as well that we would lean on you, that your word says that you speak in riddles, mysteries, parables, and dark sayings, and that these things are hidden from those that are arrogant and proud, but revealed to those that are humble and childlike. So Father, we humble ourselves tonight and we pray that that spirit of prophecy would be released in Jesus' name. Do what only you can do in the mighty name of Jesus. Release your power in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. If you like what you heard, go to www.isaiahsaldivar.com for more content. And please follow me on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Isaiah Saldivar. See you next week.